morning skate. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the morning skate. You got Ked here, and we have former national champion, NHLer, and now captain for the Coonlin Red Stars. Brandon Yip is on the pod. Brandon, can I call you Yipper, dude? I feel like that's just like an easy thing to do. Is that cool? Yeah, dude, that's cool. You can call me whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Well, thank you for hopping on the podcast, man. Uh, Company 39 and, and the morning skate, we've been kind of bringing some people in and you know, kind of getting your backstory and not just talking hockey, but like other weird shit that like a, a like huge hockey fan like myself would want to know. Like just, I don't know. We'll get to that. But <laughs> I, I listed all the things that you've done. So I, let's just start from the beginning, dude. Like, how did you get into hockey? Like at what age did you start skating? We'll, we'll, we'll go step by step. So how did you get into it? Yeah, sure. I mean, um, I got in, into it like most hockey players uh, through my father. Um, he was a big uh, hockey fan. He never played himself. He, he, you know, he played like like uh, men's league pickup and roller hockey and all that stuff. So he put a stick in my hands. I actually started on rollerblades in the, my front cul-de-sac there. Uh, we'd play for hours together. I think I was like five or six years old. And then uh, he finally enlisted me in the, the minor hockey association for Maple Ridge when I was when I was six. And uh, I just started uh, pretty much then. Yeah. So, so you get a hockey stick in your hand, you're, you're rollerblading. I'm assuming you're probably watching hockey games. Like, did you have a team that oh, you yeah. supported growing up? And, and yeah. who, who's the player that you, like, really, like, inspired to be? Yeah, once I got a stick in my hands and we were playing every day, you know, I started watching the NHL on TV. Uh, obviously, the Vancouver Canucks, where I was from. And, you know, I was a diehard Canucks fan. Uh, uh, I lived through the 90s when they went to the Cup there in 94. And, uh, you know, Trevor Linden, Cliff Ronning, Pavel Burry, all oh, those yeah. guys, man. I, idolize those guys and uh so it was a great time to uh to fall in love with hockey and the Canucks were really good back then so it was uh it was awesome I, and that's a fun team to like get behind right because you have Pavel Bore just wheeling around yeah. back when he was a kid and his knees worked and then like Trevor Linden like what a leader that guy was you never ever want to match so like the makeup of that team I could see how I would be like head over heels for a team like that yeah it was great and it was uh it was old school hockey as you guys know it was, it was a lot different game when when I started playing in the NHL, so it was a lot of fun to watch. It's it's so different. I'm a huge Rangers fan, so like I watched the '94 oh, Cup a little bit. You're the '94 man. You're the enemy. Yeah, no, but it, it's <laughs> funny watching those series because it's like, dude, when when Messier won that faceoff to like clinch it, you see Pavel Bore just spin around and try to hit him so hard, like baseball oh, swing yeah. type thing, and it's like, if that mm -hmm. happened in the NHL these days, holy shit, man. <laughs> yeah, you'd be you'd be on a 50 game suspect <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quickly, and they'd even hit him. But, all right, so you like the Canucks, you like those guys. So, you're growing up. Were you always, like, the best kid on your team, like, growing up? Or did that just, like – at what age did you realize, like, oh, shit, like, I'm pretty good at hockey? Yeah, I guess when you're, like, six, seven, eight, nine, I think everyone that, right. you know, does well is, is always one of the best players on the team. Then you get up to, you know, Adam and Pee Wees and Bantam, and then now all the best players congregate to the same team. So, I was always, like – you know, at the, you know, the top five, I wouldn't call myself the best player on every team. And then, uh, you know, I think it was when I was about 16 or 17, you know, I, I played for my junior B team. Um, it was when I first got into juniors and, you know, I had a really strong year. I won rookie of the year and things like that. And then, Whatever. you know, everyone's like, oh, you're going to the show, blah, 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 blah. And so that's when I kind of figured out, uh, 
you know, maybe this is my thing. Maybe I should stick to it. <laughs> <laughs> and you ended up playing for the Express. I'm not even going to pretend to, like, where, where, where is that? Because I tried, like, saying that word. Yeah, nobody can say it. It's called Coquitlam. I can't even spell it still. So it's a tough one to pronounce if you're not from the uh, Coquitlam Express. I'm like, you're going to think I'm such a fucking loser because I can't even pronounce <laughs> so you, no, you no. played there. So you played there for a couple of years, and I looked on your teams. I saw it was interesting. You got to play with Lucic back when. Oh, like, yeah. So what was yeah. it like playing with that guy? You know, it's crazy. I think I was 18 or 19, and he was a 16-year-old rookie coming in, and we had no idea who this guy was. I'll tell you a funny story. Um, he comes in, our captain, my uh, good buddy Chad Betts growing up. He was, a, he was a tough guy, man. He would, like, beat the wheels off everyone. And uh, Luch came up to him and challenged him in center ice. And I'm like, 16 year old rookie. 16 year old. I'm like, what's this guy doing? Everyone's like, what is this kid doing right now? He's taking off his elbow pads. Like, he's looking super cocky. I'm like, oh my God, what's going on? And uh, he grabs a hold of Betsy and just fucking boom, 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 one, two, three, punches him out, knocks him out. And uh, they signed him that day. Oh my God. <laughs> and you guys are all like thank god he's on our team holy yeah shit, it was wild kid. man we we're just like who is this kid were i mean you, he was still he was still bigger than everyone when he was 16 but you know he's a little bit he hasn't grown into his body yet he was right. a little uh you know goofy on the ice but you know it was from then and then he went to the giants the next year you know, the next year i think he had an unbelievable year and the year after that an incredible year and that's when he uh took off really yeah because i knew he played for the giants so i thought it was kind of interesting when i saw that he was on, on your team for a year i mean if I'm on the yeah. bench and like Lucic is there, I feel like I can do whatever I want and it doesn't matter because nobody's. Yeah, exactly. Me. And it was great. It came kind of came full circle because he obviously played for the Bruins and I stuck out here, out here in Boston. So we spent some good time together while, while he was here. That's, that's unreal. So when did, when did you start hearing from colleges? Was that in your second year or your first year for the express? Um, it was my first year because I had a, a really solid year that year and, I, th I don't know if I won rookie of the year or something that year, but um, I had a good year. And then, you know, like many players that have a good year in the, in the BCHL, there was, you know, I, my mailbox was full and there was a lot of uh, colleges uh, coming to me. So it was, uh, it was a pretty cool experience. Yeah. And, and I, I listened to you on uh, Chicklets and, and you talked about St. Cloud. And then, yeah. you went, then you went to BU as your like second visit. And you're like, I'm for sure going there. I guess just to, like what about BU just really stood out? Just the fact that like the location being in Boston, like you're, you're by Fenway. Like had you ever been to Boston before then? Dude, I had no idea what Boston was all about. I didn't, I didn't even know where it was on the map. You know, I was just kind of a small town uh, Canadian kid. I didn't even know what like what college was all about. You know, it was, I owe a lot to my parents that kind of, kind of um, not forced me, but put me in that direction. And, you know, it just kind of fell into place. But, uh, yeah, I came to Boston. Uh, the boys showed me a good time, so that's always a good start. And, uh, you know, Coach Parker took me around the the, the campus. He showed me um, at that time Walter Brown was the main rink there. But when when I was coming in, uh, again, this arena was going to be uh, brand new that year. So he was kind of showing me the the – the outline of what the rink's going to look like. And it was just like breathtaking. You know, I've never seen a rink like that. And to, to be able to play there one day, it was just like, wow. And then, you know, you look on the walls at, at Walter Brown, you see all the guys that made it to the NHL. Um, and you're like, okay, this is the spot. I mean, that's, that's unbelievable. I just read uh, Ruzioni's like autobiography and he talked about Parker and Rizzo was actually supposed to go like play D2 somewhere. And he went to like some pickup skate 
And Parker was there, and he's like, hey, where are you playing next year? And I guess he had two Canadian recruits that were supposed to go to BU. They ended up not going there, so he had to. He had two slots. Picked up Rizzo, and I forget the other guy's name, but at the end of their careers, Rizzo and the other guy were the point leaders in BU history. Just two guys that weren't even no supposed way. to be there. Yeah, and Parker got them both there. So like, Yeah, like, that's crazy. And they, kind of my era is the same thing that happened with Matt Gilroy. He was – you know, just a walk-on kid from Long Island. He ends up being the captain our senior year and, uh, you know, signing a nice ticket out of college. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm glad you brought up Gilroy because I, I would love to hear more about this guy. Again, I'm a huge Rangers fan, so, like, when, when the uh, Rangers yeah, have Gilroy, go. you got to have him on the podcast. And I would love to have Gilroy on the podcast. I mean, the hype for him was unbelievable. And maybe yeah. it's because he came uh, – like as a free agent because like Shankirk was still on your team too but for some reason like I always yeah. just remember the name Gilroy a lot more than I did Shankirk I don't know why but uh yeah, yeah he, I, he was Shaddy, Benino, mm -hmm. Gilroy like what was it like hanging with those guys yeah we had an absolute wagon of a team that year but I mean for Gilroy you probably heard about him because like you said he was a free agent and all these NHL teams were after him it was almost like he was going through another, like, a college recruiting, yeah. you know, whole thing again. I mean, he had Vancouver, New York, blah, blah, blah. And he's sitting there, like, I think he went on fly downs as well to go see these arenas and talk to the GMs and, and all that. So there was a lot of hype around him. And he obviously decided to go to the ranges with you guys. And, you know, obviously we had other guys like Benito, Sean Kirk, and Colin Wilson and guys like that on the team that, you know, are currently still in the NHL and have very successful careers. So. You know, I think you can go down that roster, and I think uh, 10 to 12 of the guys had at least NHL games, if not, you know, decent careers in the NHL after that. So, you know, it was almost unfair. It's <laughs> insane. It's, it's yeah, not. It wild. And so your senior year was when you won the national championship? Yeah, exactly. And we, 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 we played awesome, I'd say, up to half the year, and then, you know, we were a bunch of shitheads. We were getting pretty <laughs> cocky. The, the last half of the year, we weren't even playing that well, but we were still winning games because we are so talented. And then, right. you know, as you know, even all the way up to the national championship game, it was like we kind of fall asleep at times just thinking we were going to win. And luckily, obviously, we ended up winning. But, you know, it's definitely not the way you want to go about things. <laughs> so so you, got, you guys were down 3-1, I think it was like with 59 seconds left. So, like, let, let's yeah. kind of rewind and we'll do 3-1 with like two minutes left. You guys are on the bench. Dude, were, it was were, three were, and a half minutes left. I think we pulled the goalie. So, like, were you were you doubting it? I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, I never doubted." Like, we were out, like, were, did you guys all collectively feel that way? Like, there was no way you were losing. I mean, dude, with a minute, it didn't left. even it didn't really cross my mind. It was kind of just like, "All right, let's go out there next shift, and no, you know, no, let's no. try and get one. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go." I no, I don't think anyone sat there and was like, "Oh fuck, like we're in one right now." Yeah. Um. We do, we were just so talented. We did it all year, you know. If we were down, we'd come back. I mean, obviously, we didn't think you'd come down to the last minute. Yeah. But uh, I don't think we ever lost hope. Definitely not. I think I think you picked up an apple on the three-two goal. Pretty. Yeah, sure. I might have. I don't know, probably went off my ass or something. What, you but. know what, dude? At least you're on the ice. I would have been fucking stapled to the bench. Coach wouldn't even want <laughs> Yeah, so, exactly. So you make it 3-2 with 59 seconds left, and I think with like 30 seconds left, Gilroy makes an unreal move. He gets the puck in the yeah. slot, and he ends up going yeah. backhand over. I think that was at the point where everybody's like, holy shit, this is kind of a real deal kid because normally people would just be cranking that on net. Oh, yeah. I, tried, I, yeah. I was going bar down with that, hopefully. But probably not <laughs> right? I get he had the poise to kind of fake the guy, pump fake him, 
Yeah, I think you said it was like a backhand pass to Benito, and he just put it away. Hammered. And then I love to sell you how it wasn't even like in the corner. It was directly at your bench. Like, I love Yeah, everyone just came right that. to the man. I, just, I get like shivers thinking about that. <laughs> unbelievable. I love it. And then, it and then the you guys thing, put, Oh, what's up? No, no. The funny thing about that is the next year, um, fast forward to my first NHL training camp, that my roommate was Justin Mercier who was on that Miami of Ohio team. I don't know. They put us together as roommates, so that's pretty funny. So I'd give it to him a little bit. And then uh, I ended up playing with Andy Mealy a few years or maybe five or six years after that. And, uh, you know, I'd still give it to him. So it was fun. I, I, and then the overtime goal, man, just like an um, absolute muffin deflection that just kind of like uh-huh. stops. Like, I mean, those are just the bounces, man. That was the hockey gods being like, BU's going to win this game. Like, yeah, exactly, exactly. If you watch that goal and you're behind the puck, it's like there's no way that thing should go in. But like you said, I think fate was on our side that day. Oh, man, I'm sure the parties were unbelievable in Boston, I'm assuming, national champions. Yeah, I don't know if I'm allowed to speak about them right now. You have to have yeah, well, we'll, the podcast when I'm done, but yeah, we had a yeah, good time. Yeah, well, uh, if we'll, any of the BU people listen to this, they know that I'm going to get everyone in trouble here. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. You guys, you guys just had a couple beers and had a good time, probably. That's what I'm Yeah, thinking. exactly. Exactly. Uh, I mean, so that's unbelievable. Just winning a national championship, man, as a Division One athlete, I can't even imagine. In Boston with all those people, just unbelievable. So the next yeah, year. You signed a one-year entry contract with the Abs, but before the season happened, you broke your hand in a preseason game? Yeah, my first uh, preseason game ever was against St. Louis. Um, you know, I wanted to make a nice impression, so I got in a fight. Um, I was doing pretty well. I was chucking rights. I was getting kind of cocky. The guy wasn't going down. I was getting kind of cocky. I switched to the left, and obviously I started throwing, like, awkward lefts, but in the meantime, yeah. um, my, my right – and uh, index finger got stuck in the jersey, and I, I tore all the tendons off. And I actually ended up being out for, like, the first three or four months. Yeah, it was brutal. It's a tough way to start uh, my professional career. That's got to be heartbreaking, right, man? Like, you're in the preseason lineup. You're thinking you're going to get some NHL games, and then all of a yeah. sudden, like, that that's brutal. You know but- it, yeah, it was definitely heartbreaking. You know, what's even more heartbreaking is uh, – you know, I'm obviously feeling down and everything on the plane. And, and then the boys come up to me like, hey, man, at least you, you did in the NHL. You're going to make NHL money for the next four months. And, you know, I'm a broke kid from Canada coming from, you know, from Vancouver with no money. I'm all pumped up. And then the trainer tells me, like, three, I think I'm going to get all this NHL money. And three days later, they tell me not. you got to be in the league the year before. No. <laughs> so I was like, no, I'm going to, back to the AHL. And, Still broke. <laughs> yeah, but you want to know what? I think it says a lot about you, the perseverance. Like, I feel like somebody – that could happen to somebody and that would just crush them. Like, being that close to living your dream and then not having that. Like, but yeah. I guess you use it as motivation and you got right back out there, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was just all kidding aside about the money. But, uh, you know, it was devastating, man. Like, it's my first, you know, pro game. I'm like, is it over before it begun? I was yeah. sitting here with, like, you know, at first, it's like, am I going to be able to hold a stick again? You know, like, all these things are going right. through your head. Am I going to be able to play? Is it going to, you know, fully heal? And, you know, it was a tough four months, but I was actually down in the AHL. And luckily for me, my uh, the head coach of the Lake Erie Monsters that year, the AHL team I played for, was the associate head coach, David Quinn at BU, the, for my four years. So I was pretty comfortable there. And, you know, I did a good job rehabbing. They, they had a great uh, – you know, team staff there. And, you know, unfortunately with a finger injury, you get back on the ice right away and you're, 
fortunately or unfortunately, you know, I bag skated for like two and a half months straight, man. I was just going fucking goal line to goal line and it was brutal. But in the end, it ended up uh, putting me in some, you know, my conditioning was the best it's ever been. So when I came back, uh, actually was, when I came back and actually made the NHL, I was actually the most successful I've been in the NHL those last four months of my rookie year. Because you were just like in peak physical condition. <laughs> just after. Yeah, it must have been that. I don't know. I was buzzing around, man. I never got that back, maybe. <laughs> that was a blessing in disguise. It did, well, it didn't take you that long to score a goal. Uh, you played six games in the A, you were recalled, and then you scored against Hiller three games later. So, first NHL goal, man. Break it down for me. Yeah, it was wild. Um, I got a nice pass, I think, from Clarkie or, or Ruslan Soleil. I forget who it was. And I just kind of. What a legend. <laughs> yeah, legend. And then I uh, caught this, um, caught the pass for them, luckily, and kind of just blacked out. I was on like a partial breakaway, and I uh, ended up just tucking it in. Yeah, it was a, uh, it was a poor, it was a cool experience. It goes by so fast, man. But the, the, I felt it more when I so that we played that game. I think we had like a two day Christmas break, and I thought like I was probably gonna get sent down. Luckily, I scored that goal. So I thought I was going back, going back <laughs> to the NHL. So they had to keep me up after that. <laughs> anyways, I went back to Vancouver, and it was a day later, and I'm sitting there with all my boys having beers, and we're all talking about it. And, you know, it was just a crazy whirlwind of experience. And then I, we look up and on SportsCenter, and they see my goal getting played a, a replay on SportsCenter. And I was like, man, this is crazy. I, like, that's when I knew I kind of made it, you know. It was yeah, cool. Absolutely. Being on Sports Center, you kidding me? That's unbelievable. Yeah, it was always TSN, sorry. I got to stay Canadian. Yeah, it was TSN. Canadian <laughs> boys give me shit about that. that. I mean, I can't even imagine. Like, I bet, dude, your parents are probably just so jacked up. Like, that's such an awesome moment. Like, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, definitely something, you know, you never forget. So it was pretty cool. And so you spent some time in the NHL and you played for three different teams, I'm pretty sure Colorado, Nashville, and Phoenix, correct? Yep. So I picked a couple of players on each one of these teams just because I love, I mean, they're just, they're beauty. So like Milan Hayduk, uh, Adam Foote and Peter Forsberg, man. What Crazy, was it like man. playing with those guys? Especially cause you're, that's your youngest in the league. So like the exactly. leader like Foot or like, just tell us about these guys. And just like you, like when I, I think it was like maybe the late nineties or early two thousands when those guys were playing those series against the Detroit Red Wings, man, yeah. like, that shit gets you fired up. And Every I just time, remember it doesn't watching. even matter if you're a Red Wings or an Avalanche fan. Yeah, yeah, hockey fan, that's it. Those were the best series, man. And just watching those. And now I walk into the room and I see Hayduke, I see Footy and Forsberg. I'm just like, what the fuck am I doing here? You know, like, it's just crazy. But, you know, so you're, you're definitely in awe a little bit. You want to be like a good rookie. You want to kind of stay quiet. Because back when I was in the NHL, growing up as a rookie or whatever, you know, it's still more of like the old school rules. It's not like the rookie pukes these days, you know, where they come in and think they can run the locker room. Right. But uh, so you're kind of walking on eggshells a bit, and, but they're so fast to come over and introduce themselves and, you know, make a joke and make you feel comfortable. And, you know, from right there, you just, you know, you feel like a family, you fit right in there. They do a good job of doing that. Was, uh, I mean, what's like, what's like practice under these guys? Like seeing the, the shit that like Peter Forsberg can do, or like even in a game, just see Adam foot, just absolutely just bundle yard sale somebody like it's gotta be, those moments have to be unreal. Yeah. I remember just going to the net, like there was a net front drone footies against me and he's just cross checking me, just giving it to me. And I'm just sitting there taking it, you know, you're just a rookie. You know, yeah. just take That's all I remember. Just getting cross checked from behind from footy and just getting up and just getting cross checked again and just, 
you know, is what it is. <laughs> you just yeah. get up and don't say a word. Don't even look at them. Or <laughs> not given, dude. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. that's what it comes but down then to. Then when, when you do stuff like that as a rookie and you kind of keep your mouth shut, you, you're in their respect pretty quick. Yeah. No, 100%. Like, I, I can't even imagine being in front of the net just getting hammered on, just being like, hopefully he's not going to hate me after this. <laughs> like, yeah. But then, you know, you get off the ice and they start chirping you about it or, you know, you know, we're out for a beer later and, the, you know, it's all fun and games. It's fun. Yeah. And so you you went to Nashville where you got to play with Shea Weber, uh, Jordan, yep. one of my favorite players. He was just a racket yeah, player. And Martin Erat, which I thought was interesting, because if you look at trade-wise, Erat going to the Caps and Forsberg going to the Preds, maybe one of the most lopsided trades in NHL mm-hmm. history, but Erat was really good for the Preds. So He was awesome. You, so what happened there? Do you have, like, any, like – because he was sick for the Predators. I remember you know, that he, he went he through, was, was like, okay, this is even, and then just – Maybe just didn't yeah. fit with the lineup. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what happened. You know, when he was in Nashville and I was on the team, he was, you know, one of the catalysts of being the, the, the lead guy, yeah. man. He played, like, freaking 20 minutes a game. He played penalty kill. He played PK. He played in every situation. He was a great skater. I don't know. It could, it could be maybe age caught up with him like it does with everyone. Um, but, you know, at that time, it, you know, I thought Washington was winning the trade, you know. So, yeah. You know, it's funny how those trades work out, but, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, so it's, yeah. you know, it's whatever. But then you mentioned Webb's. Uh, Shea, me and Shea played together, actually, when we were 15. We played on a, a summer oh. league team. Yeah, he was actually forward. He was our center. It was me, him, and Andrew Ladd. Yeah, he was a center. Wait, was that, a was, that was a line? On what, what team was this? We were the Vancouver Venom. It was just like a summer league team that we'd go around, like those travel teams, and – you know, we'd uh, we what were the scores of those games, dude? Was it like a hundred to nothing? Yeah, we used to rip it up quite a bit, it was fun. Oh, but actually, God. the team that would always beat us, man, was the Pacific Vipers, and they had uh, Brent Seabrook, they had Troy Brower, and Colin Frazier. And those guys were like elite back then, and they, you know, they still are obviously had great careers and they still are going, but back then it was like uh, men among boys, dude. What a league, man! Like. I, yeah, I was gonna watch those games. Are you kidding? Yeah, me? exactly. It was wild back then. It was good. That's nuts. <laughs> uh, and you had, so then you ended up in Phoenix. Uh, obviously, with Shane Doan, who just—I mean—he just seems like the epitome of a leader. Uh, yeah. Keith Andel, just a prankster, unreal, yeah. unreal puck moving defenseman, and you got to play yeah. with Biz. And yeah. uh, I know, I know, Biz like chirps himself an awful lot and shit. But is is there something you can tell us about Biz that like the people don't know, other than the fact that he's just like, I, yeah, I don't Biz, know. Biz loves chirping himself. But you, people have to understand, man. Like to go to the NHL, it doesn't matter what role you play. Like Biz was, I think he was like a top round pick, man. Yeah. Like he was a great puck moving defenseman. Like everyone's so good, and then you just have to find your role that you'll fit in and. You know, for Biz, you know, it was kind of like the tough guy role. But you don't realize how good of hockey players they actually are. Like, if you go practice with Biz, like, he's fucking good. He's better yeah. than anyone else. These guys are tripping yeah. him, you know what I mean? And uh, so, yeah, he, he's always a blast to hang out with. And same with Jans, man. We had a good time. And, you know, being in Boston now, not too far. And he's in Boston as well. So we always get together and have a blast. And like you said with Shane Doan, man, like, I didn't spend too much time in Phoenix. I was there for like a month or two. I was up and down. You know, a healthy scratch at that point is kind of on my way out of the NHL. So I didn't spend too much time with those guys in Phoenix. But Donor, he's just he's just a class act. You know, he comes up to you. He's the nicest guy. He doesn't swear. 
you know, he's very religious. He's, he'd give the shirt off his back. You know, it doesn't matter who you are. He's very respectful. And, you know, like you said, epitome of a, a true leader. Dude, he's tough as shit too, man. Like if that's yeah, your captain, yeah. like that's at least for he the Rangers can have a captain. If the Rangers can have a captain and you're like, yo, Shane Doan's on the Rangers right now, I'd be the happiest kid alive. Who did he blew up someone's nose when I was on Nashville? I forget who it was. He absolutely just dropped him. I can't remember who it was. But I was like, Shane Doan's tough. And like, <laughs> yeah, dude, he's a, he's a fucking killer, man. Stay away from him. Like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm good. <laughs> Uh, before we move on to Germany, is there one player that like really took you under like their wing and like taught you how to be like a pro in the NHL? Yeah, for sure. I'd say it was Footy, man. Like he, yeah. Footy, and you know Darcy Tucker. Oh man, what he was there. Yeah, he was only there a year, but you know they got that old school mentality, which you know I kind of have to this day, and I try and teach the younger guys that as well. And they're they're kind of work hard, play hard type of guys, and um, you know they showed me showed me the ropes and what it took to, you know, be in the NHL and stay there. And, you know, the most, the, the biggest thing I learned from those guys is just respect. You got to respect the other players. And even, you know, on the other team, you know, you're out there playing against them, you want to rip their heads off. But at the end of the day, you respect everyone. And, you know, that goes a long way. No, for sure. I like the work hard, play hard. They they said that, uh, actually, uh, Chelios, they said, was like one of the hardest partiers, but always first one on the bike. And you're playing with his kid now? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. So we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. I thought that was unbelievable. But so you hang him up in the NHL and you head to Germany. And I guess my question is, uh, why? Out of all the leagues, why Germany? And had you ever been there before? And like, what was what was the play like there? Yeah, so rewind a little bit. My last year in the AHL was with Norfolk. And okay. the year before I signed with Norfolk or went to Anaheim's camp, you know, I had some offers in the KHL and Switzerland and blah, 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 because I was, you know, fresh out of the NHL. You get those deals. And I was kind of like, you know, I'm going to stick it out and just try and make it back to the NHL one more year because, you know, I couldn't live with myself if uh, if I went overseas yeah. and then didn't have the opportunity to come back and be like, well, maybe I still had it, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, I didn't have it. So ended up signing in Germany the year after because all those go off the table, man. It's such a cutthroat. Yeah. league you know now the next crop of guys coming that are fresh out of the nhl i've been two years out they don't want me anymore yeah. so you know you kind of go down to these different leagues and um but for me it's the best thing that could happen to me i went to germany i went to uh the top team at the time um in germany and we ended up winning the whole thing and you know i think i've spoken to this about this to other people like you know the last couple of years in the AHL, you know you know, it's getting scratched a little bit. You know, you, you're playing, you know, first line some days, you're playing fourth line the other. And that's and, tough, dude, like mentally, right? Oh, it's like, brutal, man. Yeah. It's tough. And going to Germany just made me realize how much I loved hockey again. You know, yeah. it brought me back to kind of my roots. And, you know, I, I played a more of an important role on, on the team again. And, uh, you know, I just kind of fell in love with the game. Yeah, it was just great. And we ended up winning the whole thing, which was another amazing experience. And we were on the team in Germany that was like, kind of like the Maple Leafs of the NHL. They haven't won a long time. They had the biggest budget. They had all these studs, but they haven't won in like 10 or 15 years. So, and there was the big hockey town there. So we finally won it. It was like, you know, winning the Stanley Cup. It was great. That's fucking sick. So are the like fans really passionate over there? Dude, Germany has some of the best fans in the world. Like we were in Mannheim um, and we sold out 15,000 every night. Like it was a legit NHL stadium. The fans are crazy. They have all these chants. Oh, my gosh. They're going you're nuts. To, 
you're absolutely having a better time than you were in the AHL, I would assume. Yeah, 100%, dude. And I always tell guys, like, and it's scary, you know, jump chip going overseas. You know, you always think you're going to stay in North America. But you go over there. I was just talking to Chris Bork the other day. He he made the trip over to Germany last year, and he's like, Yipper, unbelievable experience. He loves it. He can't wait to go back. Yeah, I mean, and it's – you know, it's kind of cool, right? Because you're in the NHL and you work your bag off to get the NHL, right? And and you're yep. having a great time. And then you go to the AHL and, like, you're kind of falling out of love. It's like a nice reset button, dude. Like, you can go over there and be whoever the fuck you want to be. And just, Absolutely. like, that's unbelievable. Like, and, you know, there's no, like, you don't have to worry about getting traded. You know, you don't have to worry about getting sent down the next day and flying across the country to go play in the AHL. You know, like, right. you're on the team for the most part. You're on the team. You know, you're gonna play that. You're gonna play there that year, and uh, you know, so to to breath of fresh air for sure. What was like the uh, the level over there? Because I always I always wondered this. I uh, I'm like the in game host of like an East Coast team, the Adirondack right. Defense Falls. I you know I get the people going on the jumbotron, whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah. In terms of like talent, like I watch them play, and I I have a really hard time like really figuring out like where they are in terms of like other leagues i guess because like the nhl is obviously the pinnacle and then there's like a pretty decent drop i'd say to the ahl and then do you think there's a bigger drop between the ahl and like where's the bigger drop of leagues if that makes sense uh is it farther apart between the coast and the ahl or the ahl the the crazy thing is is like in the german league there's 10 imports and of those 10 imports if you hockey db them yeah they're all played in the ahl yeah, they've all were successful in college. Like, I tell everyone, it doesn't matter what league you go to. You can go to the, the Italian league or the English league. Man, there's good hockey players there, and it's it's tough to score. It's tough to do well in any league unless you're one of those elite players. Like, and not only that, you need like a guy like myself. I'm not going to go out to any league and just start ripping it up. I need to play with good players. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm not like this all-star stud that's just like dangling around everyone. You know, I compliment guys well. So right. if I went to a league where there's guys that, you know, maybe aren't the best, you know, I don't fit in with that line. Like, I'm not going to do well. Right. And I've done that in my past. I, I didn't do that well in the AHL. It was tough. And not, not I'm not saying anything to my linemates or anything, but it's just, you know, if I have a good player to play with, like anyone, you know, that elevates your game for sure. Right. So, I don't know, to answer your question, man, it's tough. Like, the German League's it's a great league, man. It's crazy because then if you look at my stats, you take me for an example – I'm doing way better in the KHL, whereas, whereas I should have done way better in the, the German League. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? Because the KHL is, you know, arguably a step down from the NHL. And uh, so it's – I don't know. It's weird, man. It's, it's weird. It's wild. The whole hockey world's like, wild in terms of, like, leads and trying to figure all that shit out. But you, you brought up the KHL. You go to Coonlan Red Star, correct? Yep. And your first – did you guys change where you were located out of? Yeah, we did. So my first, um, geez, how long have I been there? Now? My first, my first Three two years. years. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> I'm playing on too many teams and too many different countries, man. <laughs> I can't keep up. But it's uh, my first two years we're in Shanghai, and unbelievable city, incredible. And then this past year we moved to Beijing because you know that's gonna be where the 2022 Olympics are gonna be held. So we want to start, uh, you know, creating a buzz around that. So what was it like going to the KHL? Did, did this team give you a call like after your year in Germany where you like kind of looking to head back over there? And then was that, was that the first year they had a team? No, it was actually the second year. Second year. Okay. The first year they contacted me and, um, you know, the deal fell through for whatever reason. There were some complications. 
But the next year, um, I played in Dusseldorf for Germany, and I was thinking about hanging him up, man. I was like, okay, I don't know if it was like my 10th year pro or whatever. You know, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? You know, what do I want, you know, what kind of path do I want to take? So I was really getting a crossroad there. And uh, fortunately enough, the, then Kuhnlin calls and, you know, they're in the KHL. And I'm like, holy shit, like, now I'm going to play in the KHL, man. Like, I got kind of nervous again. I'm like, that's a fucking good league. That's a tough yeah. league to so I'm like, what am I Different getting myself back, into? baby. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. So, but it definitely was. It was super exciting, and I I trained my ass off that summer to to get in peak shape. And you know, Mike Keenan was our coach. So I was freaking out about that. We're all like texting each other, like, "What's Keenan Dog gonna think of us? What's training camp gonna be like?" And it 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 uh, held up to everything we expected. It was tough. What? So what? What is he like? Like, are the stories justified? They are. They are. He's a, he's a tough guy. You know, he's uh he demands a certain level. And if you're not his way, you're the highway. Yeah. <laughs> he's old school mentality, man. And some guys can handle it. Some guys can't. I can handle it. Cause I've had coaches like him my whole career, but you get that new generation, that new wave oh. that is used to not being, you know, yeah. told to fuck off or whatever, you know, it's uh it's a lot definitely tougher on them. And they, they always think, you know, the mental warfare, man, Guys like Keenan and Babcock and those guys like that, they really test you. And if you can't handle it, you know, you're on the wrong team. Right. I mean, <laughs> Jesus, man. So your first year in the KHL, it's not even like you have, like, an easy coach. Like, no, yeah. we're throwing you right yeah. to Keenan. So how'd your first yeah. year go? Like, what was it like in the KHL? Give us some things that shocked you and, like, some things that are, like, similar to the NHL. Because I, I know I, – I would say the KHL, I guess, gets – sort of a bad rep in the states i think partially yeah. has, like it's a rival and then the, the other part is like some crazy shit goes on there but i'm yeah. sure there's crazy shit that goes on in the nhl that just people don't talk about so it's like yeah what, yeah exactly like? um the, the the first thing i mean it was tough training camps man because i used i'm used to training all summer and then going into an nhl camp and it literally it could be three days long it could be a week it could be mm -hmm. two weeks but it's like Everyone there comes in shape and top peak performance. We do fitness testing, blah, blah, blah. In the KHL, we get there. We got like a month and a half. We had a month and a half to train, man. So we're going into like, I think we we're in Switzerland or something my first year. And Keen Dog's running two a days. And we're going on the ice for like an hour and a half, getting absolutely rinsed, getting off the ice, doing a workout, and then going back, going back to the hotel, like sleeping for an hour, come back. And then going another hour, skate, bag skate. Like, it yeah. was brutal, man. My hips and my groins were, like, banged up, man. I was getting old at that point, dude. I was yeah. like, I don't know if I can handle this. So we did that for, like, a month and a half, man. And it was just, like, crazy. I almost felt burnt out before the season even started. But, but yeah, like you said, the KHL is awesome, man. It, it definitely gets a bad rap because of some horror stories. But they've, they've really done a good job to clean it up over the years. It's definitely not the same as – what they've had in the previous years and uh it's a good time it's a great league the players are awesome you're a lot you're, you're beginning to see some players come from the khl and have success in the nhl and even vice versa guys that are you know coming from the nhl play a lot of players obviously have played in the nhl they go to the khl and are successful so it's a uh, it's cool i mean nigel dawes is like a legend over there right it's insane man he's an absolute legend <laughs> legend bro because he like was with the Rangers for a little bit, and like he had pretty good, pretty good uh, 
I don't know. Just everybody thought he was going to be nasty. And he just, I mean, dude, he's still in the NHL, but it wasn't like what he thought. Yeah. And he goes to KHL and he's like, holy shit. I know. It's a funny story. Uh, I was with Dazi in the All-Star game this year in Moscow. And he was on the other team. And it's, in the, it's during the game. And one of the, the boys are like, you know, Dazi needs like an extra point to set the KHL all-time All-Star record or something. <laughs> and I'm on the ice with a puck. This guy's telling me while I'm like skating around the ice. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'll just fucking, I'll turn it over for him. So I throw a shit burger to him. He goes on a breakaway and scores and sets the record. <laughs> no shit. Pretty cool, yeah. <laughs> That's unbelievable. You got the assist there. I'm yeah, sure I got you the appreciated apple. it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we have a mutual friend, Jillian Kemmer. She covers the KHL. I think she covered a lot of your team over the last yep. like, one or two years. I was talking to her. She, uh, I was like, I got to ask him like these questions, like, give me some good ones. And she's like, so she came up with three. She wants to know, you to tell us about the KHL all-star weekend. Cause I guess that was probably just electric factory. Uh, yep. Alexi Kovalev playing three V three and the impact of travel on the boys, uh, just kind of driving into, cause you guys are all the way over there. So let's first one, yeah. KHL all-star weekend. Let's hear this. Yeah, I've got to know Jill pretty well. She's done a great job covering our team the last few years. Um, so let's see, KHL week, it was a blast, man. Like everyone, it's it's just all the, you know, the top players from the different leagues. And, you know, you always, you go against them and you don't really have time to converse with them. So it was nice to kind of sit there and see these KHL legends like Dazi and, you know, who else that, like Shippershoff, like guys, you know, like guys that are very successful in our league. And Kaprizov, and I, I can't even pronounce their names, but uh, <laughs> it's just cool line. to be, yeah, around that kind of aura of, of of players. And they did a great job. They did a skills comp. They did um, they did the three on three game. It's pretty relaxed. It was fun. We did a nice event. You know, a couple of boys went out at night. We had a good time. So um, it was a blast. Were you there? The, the guy had his guitar and he was singing the song. Were you, were you no, there? that was the previous year. That was uh, Matt Mayoni. Yeah, he did it the previous year. They, I, I think uh, our GM was like, "Yeah, you sing, right?" I'm like, "What?" I'm like, "Dude, I can't sing." They're like, "Yeah, you need to sing. Like that's like a thing." And, uh, <laughs> so it freaked me out there for a little bit, but uh, I didn't have to do anything crazy, which was nice. Oh man, I can't imagine you just on the guitar, just hammering it. That would be oh god. <laughs> Maybe I'd do karaoke if they uh, followed me that later that night. But what, what's yeah. your karaoke song? Everybody's got one. I don't even have one, man. I play whatever's fun. I don't even have because I'm terrible, and I'll only oh. go up if someone else comes up with me. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm yeah, normally a at bottom girls, a little queen, or like a little uh, a chain Fleetwood Mac. I feel like there that gets the people going. Uh, I feel like you'd be good at karaoke for some reason. I love it, man. I love it. I, yeah. I, you know, I don't have a voice, but I would consider myself as a showman. So yeah, you know, there you go. Yeah, got to have something. But I think that I feel like that's ninety percent of it. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, ninety percent, one hundred percent, nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then, uh, what's the second question? I can't even remember. Alex Kovalev. Tell oh, yeah, us Kovalev. about this guy. And his skill level is just like on another level. Still, like he, right? Oh, yeah, man. He's a horse, man. Have you ever seen him in person? His forearms are bigger than my thighs, man. He's fucking huge. He's huge. <laughs> like, he is so thick, man. No wonder, like, nobody could move him, and he can still turn on a dime. Um, the health the, – the scratches of the injured players always play three-on-three three with him, and that's what he lives for now, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. like, like, everyone's like, dude, I have to go three-on-three three against Kobe today. And, like, <laughs> there's no relaxing after practice. And he's out there dancing around, toe-dragging, like, going as hard as they can. He's wearing no equipment. So, like, it, at first you're kind of like – I played – I got injured, so I played in a couple three-on-threes. And at first I'm like, 
you know, do I take it easy? He's wearing no gear right. and he's going full tilt and he's, he starts pissing you off because he's toe dragging you and, yeah. you know, giving you a stiff arm and stuff like that. So I'm like, I'm like, fuck this. I'm going after him and, you know, trying to keep up. But he's still like, he's still so good. He could, he could still play hundred percent. I remember like seeing like those warrior videos of him. Like, <laughs> I think he was backhand on his top hand. Yeah, dude, we called him out on that. I'm like, are those real? And of course he's like, oh, oh yeah, of course they're real. Like, I don't know if they're real now. Well, like, dude, that's the thing. Like they used to have like those power commercials, like Mike Vick yeah. throwing footballs, like to the moon. And then you yeah. see this Kovalev thing, but like the Kovalev thing, you're in your mind. You're like, there's a chance like, that that's probably like that happened. You've seen his forearms. Like, I'm not doubting it. He was like, yeah, he always takes one handed wrist these bar downs, though. I'm like, how do you do that? God, dude. One handed wrist shot. I can't even pass the puck one handed. He's like going like bar down to Joe. Jesus, man. Like, for hard shots, too. Some people just have it. Like, I, yeah, I mean, exactly. that's insane. People got it. Some people uh, got it. And yeah, so just like the travel, so you're you're over in, in China, the KHL, I think for the most part's in Russia. Is yep. that just is that the most miserable part about playing the KHL? Is just having like those like fourteen hour like plane rides? Yeah, dude, it's it's tough, man. Like I, I, for me, I mean, our longest flight's like ten hours to Moscow, but for me, like for just the plane ride fact of it, like I enjoy them, man, because we'll leave after a game. And I'll sit up and shoot the shit, have a couple beers or whatever, and play yeah. cards with the boys, exchange war stories. Like, I have a blast for, like, two or three hours, and then we all go to bed. So it's not that bad. You wake up in Moscow. But the, the problem with traveling 10 hours is the time change. So now you wake up, and you have to play, like, a 7 p.m. game, which is – I can't do math right now. It's, like, playing at 2 a.m. in the morning or, so, or vice versa Ooh. when you go the other way. It's like you're you're playing these afternoon games that like you, you should be sleeping. So yeah, it's a six hour time change, and you're just feeling like a zombie for the first couple of days. So that's the hardest part for sure, and it it definitely takes a toll on us. It takes a toll on injuries, as you've seen the last three years. Our team we've always had these great starts. We're in the playoffs in the last twenty games. We've kind of uh, fizzled out through, via injuries. I mean, like we get like ten injuries a, a year, like significant injuries. And they keep happening, so there's got to be some correlation there. So we're trying to figure out, uh, you know, we're still learning and, you know, we're still new in the league and we're trying to figure that part out so we can uh, have a successful year next year. What's uh, what's the home barn like? You guys get a ton of people going to your games now? Because I, I know the NHL is, has been trying to grow the game in China, Yep. I, which is awesome, right? It's an untapped market. It's a no-brainer. Yeah, it's great. Uh, and then you have the Olympics coming up in 2022. Hopefully that ends up happening, but all this Corona bullshit. Uh, so what, what's it like playing in China, dude? Like that's gotta it's, be sick. It's a blast. I mean, you know, it's, it's in Shanghai. It was tough to attract many fans there. In Beijing, there's a lot more of a hockey following, but um, it's tough because like, I, you know, basketball is, you know, an easier sport to comprehend. If you never played before, like you have a ball, you have two hoops, like, put, in that. put the ball in the hoop. Yeah. You know, obviously there's a lot more to than that. But for hockey, like, they're passing the puck around. Like, there's penalties. There's guys trying to kill each other. Yeah. Like, there's, like, a goalie. Like, what is there's offside. There's icing. Like, you have no idea what the hell is going on. Yeah. It's a fast-paced game. So, it's really hard to to educate people on that for a new sport. So, we're doing our best. But in Beijing, they have, you know, we have more following. We got, you know, I think we – in Shenzhen, we started the year somewhere else in Shenzhen. It's close to Hong Kong. I think we got 7,000 fans for that game. And then in Beijing, typically, you know, two to 3,000. But 
it's a smaller arena and uh, it's a little more intimate so it felt uh, a lot of nights man it felt like it was packed and the fans were getting into it you know they started doing some crazy chants i think they're like soccer chants or something they translated to hockey and yeah. you know once the fans go you know they, they love it you see that a lot of returning um people coming so that's a good sign and uh, hopefully coming into this year uh you know we'll, we'll do a better job i'm not sure where we're playing next year um whether it be in China because of this COVID well, thing. Well, yeah, that was going to be my next question because what do you what Yeah, goes we're, on we're, in trying, there? we're trying to stay in Beijing. But the thing with, with the fans, too, is even if we do stay in Beijing, our rink was about an hour away from downtown Beijing. So we're trying to move closer, I think, to Beijing to, so it'll be an easier commute because the traffic there, as, as people have heard, it's insane. Yeah. Like insane amount of people. Uh, but yeah, as far as the COVID goes, I mean, we're day to day, man. I'm in touch with the GM and the owners and the coach, and we're we're just like we have our hands tied. We don't know what's going on. We got to wait till all the offices open up, and you know, we got to wait to see how Russia responds to uh, to COVID, and you know, so we're just kind of waiting for the green light, and then we'll go from there. So it it's a little bit different. You were in China when this all began I'm, I'm assuming. yeah yeah so dude what was that like were you just like rattled as shit i would have been like i'm going home like right now this dude, is yeah i know exactly well we didn't know what the hell was going on so we played a game in china and we we're supposed to leave for yogurt which is in finland two days later and i get a call from the gm being like hey yep you gotta get the boys together like there's just some fucking crazy virus that's in china like that we had like we're like, what? What do you mean? Like, like, is there swine flu again? Like, what's going on? They're like, no, this is crazy flu. We got to get out of China. They're going to shut down all the sporting events. So we legit left the day after, man. We're like, pack your bags. Get we're leaving. Out. Yeah. Yeah. So we ended up playing um, the rest of our home games in Russia. Okay. So we finished the season. It was like a month or a month and a half on the road, man. It was tough. That That's, you know, you don't want to make excuses, but – you know, we were in a playoff spot at that point, and then we kind of fizzled up and ended up missing the playoffs. So, I think, like, sometimes tough. you don't want to make excuses, but I think that's a well-justified excuse, the fact that, like, your season was just, oh, hey, yeah, it got, it flip got this tough. down quick. Like, it, did. it got tough on the boys, man. Like, a month-and-a-half road trip of – it's not you're not in one spot, man. We're traveling around There's Russia. There's no home. Right? Do you know how big Russia is, dude? Yeah. We're, we're going everywhere. We're in hotel after hotel, and, like, we're lugging our bags, and, like, it's like – it was a nightmare yeah <laughs> do you know how big russia is <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's i mean uh, i i can't even imagine i would have been just i would have turtled so hard i would just lock myself <laughs> in the closet it would have been devastating but looking back man like it's, we have had some great stories to talk about and you know you'll fast forward five years and just be like call one of the boys from the team do you remember that time like covid was coming and we're in like Bum fuck Russia and you know it's just crazy. It's just crazy. So I'm looking at the roster right now. You guys have a ton of imports because it's allowed because you guys aren't a Russian team. Is that how that yeah, works? Exactly. If you're on a Russian based team and you're only allowed five imports, if you're outside of Russia, then it's uh, I'm pretty sure it's unlimited. Yeah, and you got you got some Adam Cracknell, uh Gilbert Brule, Jake Kelly, yeah. Devontae Smith Pelly, no shit, dude. Griffin Reinhardt. Yeah. Is is Bondra related to to like the Bondra? Shut yeah. the fuck up! That's, no that's way. Bondra's son, yeah. I mean that to me, one of the most underrated players I think ever. He was disgusting. Yeah, hundred percent. 
All right. So Andre Schuster, you have a ton of names on here that are very, very recognizable. Yeah. Is it almost like just being in, in the show with just like a, your buddies? Like, Definitely. I mean, that's the our biggest recruiting tool, I think, is like because guys okay. are like we talked about before, like guys get nervous to go to overseas, let alone go to China. So, but our big sell is like, listen, man, we're like a North American team playing in the KHL. Like, look down our roster. Like, you just showed. Like, it's all ex-NHL guys. It's all guys from North America. So, you come in. It's a normal locker room. You're not going to, you know, a Russian team where there's only five imports. So, you could you could be the only North American person on that team. There could be right. two Swedes, a Finn, and a German. And the West Russian. So, it's really hard to converse when you're in that type of atmosphere. You know, I've, I've spoke to a lot of guys that have, have gotten lonely. Oh, you know, I don't doubt it, dude. You're going yeah. to a completely random country mm -hmm. with literally nobody to talk to other than yourself. Like, that's all. Yeah, awesome. exactly. Exactly. So, it gets tough on those imports, man, if you don't have other good imports on the team that you can relate to. So, for our team, you're coming over and, you know, nothing changes except, you know, maybe the food, you know, yeah. maybe the country, maybe the travel. But uh, other than that, man, we have a blast, dude. We have a ton of fun. Um, even guys that come over, they're like, they're just like, holy shit, man. I, I was expecting something a lot different. Like, this is a blast. Like, guys are dying to come back to our team. Like, they love it. We have a great reputation for that. Do you, uh, do you have any players in the KHL right now that, that potentially could go to the NHL and light it up? Like, some name drops that we could put out there? Oh, uh, yeah. That, uh, I think his name's Kirill Caprice. Kaprizov. Is he a wild? Think Minnesota yeah, Minnesota, wild. dude. He's nasty. He's nasty. He crushed the league over uh, in the KHL. I think he led the league in scoring, but he's a great player. He's got a lot of skill. He's got a lot of grit, too. He doesn't like to lose. You can just see it when he's out there. He battles. He competes. You know, I think he's going to be uh, very successful in the NHL, so keep an eye out for him. Hell, yeah. That's good to know. Uh, Vitaly Kratsov. I'm asking this because I'm selfish. He's a Rangers pick. He played for – fuck, I forget who. Do you know who I'm talking about? He yeah, was, he was on a team that wasn't that good, but he was like one of their best players. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's man. There's, it's so hard to figure out who's <laughs> doing this league, man. Like, like just the, the names are so foreign to the guys oh, like yeah. myself and you. But there's always like these crazy Russian names that you like. You're like, why isn't this guy in the NHL? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> Why is he not over there? He's nasty. Right. And there's probably five or six of those guys on every team where I'm like. Like, guys, you've been in the league longer than me. I'm like, yo, who is that? Like, like what? Yeah. This guy's like crazy. They're like, oh, yeah, he's blah, blah, blah. He's, he might be going to the NHL next year. Or he's, he's been in the NHL. He just loves Russia. He hasn't gone over. He just, like, gets paid, like, $10 million a year. So, no, something crazy just to stay in Russia. And they're like, all right, well, that makes sense. If you're going to be an absolute hometown stud and make a ton of money, like, why wouldn't you stay? When Kovalchuk went back, was he just, like – uh, the Wayne Gretzky of like Russia, oh, yeah. yeah, that's kind of yeah, dude. And he, and he ripped it up, and I think he made all his money left on the table in New Jersey in like half the amount of time. So he's yeah. going back. He obviously went back to NHL. I think I think he struggled at the start, but I think if I'm not mistaken, didn't he do like awesome his last? Ripped like, it up for the Habs. Ripped it up for the Habs, dude. Exactly. Buddy's a huge Canadians fan. He actually he played over in Cardiff. He was the captain of Clarkson, then went over to Cardiff and. I was talking to him. He's like, no, Kovalchuk's going to crush it. I'm like, dude, he hasn't really done much with the Kings. And as soon as he went to the Habs, I don't know what it is about Russians in, like, Montreal, but, like, they just – <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it, it's it also, like, you have to remember, he's coming from a bigger ice sheet. Like, and going right. back to NHL, which is, like, obviously the fastest league in the world by far. Like, 
there's an adjustment period still. You, you didn't play in the league for like six years or five or six years. Like you got to adjust and, um, you know, it shows he, he did adjust and now he's ripping it up and, you know, you'll see that from a lot of players that are going to come from the KHL. I think – I'm not sure how Gustav did, but he – last year when, when he was in the KHL, he ripped it up. And uh, I'm not sure how he did in the NHL, but, you know, it's definitely probably needs some time to adjust as well. Did you enjoy the, the actual, like, KHL game compared to the NHL? Because you mentioned a larger ice sheet, so I'm assuming you have more time with the puck. Yeah, yeah. Probably a little better bit for, less better for me now that, I, that I'm older and slower. You know, it's better <laughs> if I have a lot more time out there, you know what I mean? So maybe that's that's why I'm uh, more successful in that league is, you know, you do have a little bit more time. It's uh, definitely a, a lot more possession game. And uh, you got to – I think you, you got to be smart, you know. You got you to gotta know where the players are going to be. And, you know, it definitely took a little bit to adjust to, but – you know, I enjoy it. They're actually starting to go back to uh, the NHL size rink to just speed up the game a little bit in the KHL, make it a little bit more exciting. So hopefully, uh, hopefully I can keep up next year. I mean, that's <laughs> awesome, man. So we have the Olympics coming up in Beijing 2022. I was looking, did you get citizenship to China? No, not yet. So they're, they're, they're still working that out. It's like a long process because uh, in order to, to be a Chinese citizen, you have to drop all your other citizenship. So they're uh, they're trying to work something out where we can play and hopefully keep our Canadian citizenship or whatnot. But I'll let uh, I'll let those guys figure it out. But yeah, guys like myself and a bunch of other North American um, Chinese Canadian or Chinese American players uh, are hopefully uh, going to play for the for a team China and represent them and and play in the twenty twenty two Olympics. Dude, that would be badass, man. That yeah, would be, be so fucking sick. It'd be wild. Did you see the pool we got? Uh, did you see the pool groupings they came out with? No, 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 no. What do we got? That's crazy. So it's kind of – there's a lot of symmetry there because it's China. We got Canada, okay. U.S., and Germany. So for me, I played in all those countries. Shut so up, dude. That, yeah. And it's actually like you look at it on paper and you're like, oh, my God, all right, we got to play Canada. We got to play U.S., whatever. But it's actually going to be great for the sport because we're going to, you know, the Canadian and American audience, they're going to see us playing against, they're going to see their countries playing against China. And, you know, hopefully uh, the publicity will, will grow the game and, you know, we'll get, we have a lot of eyes on us. So it'll be pretty cool. Hell yeah, man. I'm trying to think who's on Germany. It's just, it's gotta be just dry sidle, right? In terms of like, how's dry sidle, um, oh, writer, writer, reader. Um, okay. Yeah, okay. So they got, they got some good players. Yeah, they got some good players, and they – I mean, I don't know if the NHL guys are going to come or not. Oh, I didn't, I didn't even think that, of that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it's decided, but, I mean, as you saw last Olympics, Germany came in second, so they yeah. got a their, – their powerhouse, man. They're, they're, they're doing a great job with uh, building hockey there. I mean, I, I would love to see you in the Olympics. I would be – I'd be rooting for you guys for sure. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that. So let's talk like about it could be it could be miracle 2.0 you know it would be unbelievable I know that guy <laughs> uh let's talk about how you got involved with company 39 yeah company 39 uh so Matt Farnatero we played against each other in college obviously and uh he reached out to me we went for some coffee and he told me uh what they're building there and uh you know it's just it's awesome it's it's amazing especially for a guy like myself who you know, I'm, I only have a few more years left in, my, in you know, a career in hockey and or, or physically on the ice. And um, Fornzi's kind of take me under his wing because he's been through the same thing. He played, played professional hockey, played in Sweden, 
Um, he knows what it's all about. And he's, he's spent the last couple of years building this company. So he brings me in the office. He shows me, you know, the business side of things and what goes on, you know, life after hockey. So I'm very fortunate to have company 39 and be a part of their team and, you know, watch these guys develop, man. They're, they're building something big there. It's going to be awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm so pumped. The fact that they they like text me and like email me, I'm like, yeah, dude, I'll do yeah. whatever you want to do. This it, it's it just makes sense, man. And I I think it's it's a great fit for you too because you're not Absolutely. like, dude, you you're open. Like I'm I don't even know you, but I feel like I know you. And those yeah, are the right, right. people that you yeah, need. Right. You know? Yeah, you know, I'm an I'm an open book. Um, you know, you can ask me anything, and I'll you know I'll give you an honest answer. And then the same way, and you know, their their demographic is from people that are just picking up a hockey stick that are three or four years old or 10 or 12 or 20 or 30 or 40. And you can go on there and look at these crazy NHL successful players like, you know, Joe Pavelski and see like his story and how he made it. And like, how, what is his training regimen? You know, how, what does he eat? Yeah. What, what obstacles has he overcome? You know, um, you know, so it just gives you that insight that you'll, you won't find anywhere else. And, you know, once the, the platform is um, finally built, um, you're going to see some uh, pretty cool stories and they're going to take off. It, dude, and you nailed it. Like, it's that insight that you don't see, but like, at, like if I don't have kids, but whenever I have a kid, if they want to make it to the NHL, I would like to be able to show them, okay, this is what NHL players had to do to get there. And right now there's not really that. So the fact that like exactly. you're able to kind of dive into Pavelski's career and like your mm -hmm. career and like really see like the, the different shit that you guys had to do, not only in terms of like training, but even like the mental aspect is it's a hundred percent. Yeah. Like, I mean, I wish like when I was growing up, it was, I guess it was VHS, but if there was a VHS on, Pavel Bure and what he does to train and how he eats and how he thinks and you know I'd be, I would have watched that a million times yeah fuck yeah him or like Yager oh my god I can't yeah, remember yeah, the shit that I guy used to do but alright so this is still this, does it. dude yeah man he does like a thousand squats a day like come on man. I don't think I've done that in my life no, no. me neither man I, I need more of that drive yeah I'm more yeah. of the work hard play hard guy you know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate that at all man so this, this is going to be kind of our less hockey, more about you section of this pod. Uh, first question, what's your go-to drink at the bar? Go-to drink. I'm like a Grey Goose splash of soda with a lemon. Okay. All right. Keep it a little bit classy. But I like that. Fancy, dude. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I love this question. This tells me a lot about somebody. If you could start your own music festival, who are five artists or bands that you'd want to play your festival? You know, I like, um, put me on the spot here. I like all types of music, man. Like, so I like everything. I I mean, I'd probably start with maybe some country. You know, I grew up loving Kenny Chesney and maybe I started. My favorite him. all time. Yeah. He's unreal. Have you ever been to one of his concerts? Man? No, it's on my bucket list. I was supposed to go to Gillette this year and the COVID thing fucked it all up. Dude, when we were in college and like even after college, we'd go every year. It'd be like the best time of my life. Oh yeah. It's insane. Insane. So start with some country um i like to chill music i like to like i'm just chilling kind of daydreaming i'd put some like ed sheeran on or like uh, like lana del rey man her voice is unbelievable i like that so and then to kind of pick it up at night i'm still old to, like i don't know who the, the cool dj is anymore i'm still david Guetta, man like oh man, yeah, yeah. Shit, so i'm 
still him, and then I'd put like the baby on or something. I mean, something that's like a, that's an all-time concert, man. That's a yeah, good exactly, one. Yeah, you know? So we start off slow, get everyone in a good mood, and then we'll just start raging by the end of it. <laughs> yeah, I love that shit. All right, cool. Uh, what is your ideal perfect summer day from the moment you wake up to go to bed? If you could do anything during a summer day, and we're talking like 75, sunny with like a little bit of a breeze, like the perfect day. Oh, I like it. Um, for me, like – I love my routine in the summer, so I would get up, I'd have a good breakfast, um, and then I'd train. I'd go work out with the boys. I got a good training group where we have a lot of fun doing it, so I love doing that routine. I'll go train, lift some weights, and then, uh, you know, after that, we grab lunch, and then we meet We meet everyone at the golf course. Oh, we sit there, yeah, nonstop golf, and then, uh, you know, we'd gamble. You know, I'd win, obviously. Uh, <laughs> then we'd take it to the deck. We'd have, you know, grab some dinner, have some after-hour drinks, and then uh, probably hit up the bar after that. I mean, that's a beautiful day, dude. That's yeah, like, maybe we'd mix in the beach or something, you know, like that. I don't know. Let's see. But it's, I, love, uh, I love how you tossed in a workout, man. I feel, I feel like I just need to start, like, working out. Cause, like, yeah, like, you know, it's if I don't work out or do something – with physical activity, man, I go a little bit crazy. I need to, I need to be able to do that. You know, I'm, I'm not sitting here trying to be a hard. I'll being like, you know, train every no. day, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. it just, you know, the self uh, satisfaction you feel after like a good workout, even like a 20 minute jog or run, you know, just you something. Exactly. And I need that. I need to be doing something like that. Also, I'll feel like I lost the day, you know, then yeah, I won't yeah. be able to party hard, you know, work hard. <laughs> then I party hard. I love that, man. I love <laughs> that for you. <laughs> uh, here's, here's a good one. Uh, if you weren't a hockey player, what would you be? I'd be on the PGA for sure. If you weren't on the PGA, what would you be? <sighs> now nah, that's a tough question. Uh, um, I don't know, you man. Got, I've been you got getting, your degree been, from BU, right? Yeah, no, I've been getting into real estate. I got, I do a couple of rental properties that cool. you know do all right, and you know it's something you can do that uh, you can do remotely. It doesn't take up too much time. Um, of your day so you can you know if you have time to go to the golf course and things like that so i'd definitely be into the real estate game do a lot of college hockey players that end up going to the nhl do a lot of them end up getting their degree because i saw that you got your degree and i thought that was like a really cool thing because i feel like a lot of them probably either do it at a yeah. late date or i think a lot of guys that go to the nhl now it's kind of like they're leaning towards you know how the basketball guys do it. a lot of guys are one and done now and that's why i think you know, BU especially, they're getting all these first round picks, but the problem is they leave after one or two years. So Jack it's tough Eichel, to, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's tough to sustain a successful program when when that's the case. But then again, you want those guys because you want the best players coming into right. your program. But for college hockey, you know, I think I believe, I'm a big believer in, you know, the seniors of that team that will really take control. And if you don't have those seniors because everyone's leaving, then it's tough to yeah to win. It's hard to build like a like a family around a team full yeah. of people that are just like leaving, you know? Yeah, exactly. But I hey, I get it, man. Like are you gonna go in the NHL next year? Like by all means, you know, get out of here. But uh, for me, I mean, the four years of my college experience was the best time of my life, man. I wouldn't trade that for anything. And and even looking back, making the NHL, if they told me I'd play in the NHL after my freshman year, I would have stayed all for a year hundred percent. If I was ever that good, my mom would murder me if I didn't get my degree. It would, it yeah, would exactly. be a shit show. So yeah, I thought that was absolutely. cool. Yeah. What's your What's your favorite emoji to use? I like the the fist pump. Okay. Or the hand pound, whatever that one is. Okay. All right. I like yeah. that. 
Uh, if you could pick three people, dead or alive, to sit down and have a nice dinner with, maybe a couple bottles of wine, and just pick their brain, who are the three people you're picking and why? I'd pick uh, – got to go with a golfer. I'd go with John Daly. You know, he's oh, a beauty, yeah. obviously. Yeah, blue-collar guy. Rip and rip. Uh, probably has some unbelievable stories. And then, you know, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd go like – maybe Bill Gates or Elon Musk or someone like that, where they're, they're just Super so brilliant. much smarter than me and brilliant and innovative. And just like to sit there and listen to them speak would just be amazing. You know, like they just blow your mind. And then that's a great, that, I mean, that's a great pick uh, myself and uh, a guy who helps me out. We had, have you ever heard of death Witch coffee? No. So it's like, it's the number one coffee on Amazon. It like has extremely high, like uh if you have a cup of Death Wish coffee, you're going to be buzzing all day. And oh, really? yeah, I think I it started like in Saratoga, but one of their head marketing guys came over. He's a huge Sharks fan. So we had him on the pod. Really? And he was so much smarter than us. And that's not Elon Musk or anything like that, but just being around somebody who was like that passionate and brilliant about something that I didn't really know much about. It, it's yeah. awesome. It's great. Yeah. So I'd love to do that. And then my third, I would like maybe like a, some sort of rock star. I don't even know who, maybe like an eighties rock star because in the eighties, I feel like there was no rules. So they oh, probably have like some crazy stories that I would love to listen to. Just the but I, I don't even know who, like any of them. <laughs> <laughs> Name just one hang of out them. with ACDC, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Perfect. ACDC. Like, like what goes on in your guys' bus? You know, yeah. like I want to know. Like, do you guys, do you guys ever doing? live normal lives? <laughs> yeah. Crazy, man. It would, it'd be nice to live in their shoes for a bit. Are there any hidden talents that you have that people might not know? I'm sick at beer pong, man. That's your that's your game. Yeah, yeah me and uh, me and my boy Brian Ewing or Steve Smolenski back in college, we'd dust everyone. We'd bet for like everything, jerseys or money or whatever. Did you try to go uh, two balls, one cup? Was that like the go-to? Just end it super early. You know what? We didn't have that rule because we were like a skill game. You had to play. You had to have skill for our game. So we like. <laughs> You know, we were all about just hitting the cups. You know, you had to hit all 10. Yeah. Okay. One of those rules we ended earlier, like bouncing and stuff. No, we're skill game, man. <laughs> this is like top-notch stuff. <laughs> and then last question. Uh, when it's all said and done, how do you want people to remember you? You know, you know, on the ice, I hope it's just like uh, a hard worker, you know, a good teammate, you know, uh, you know, someone that, you know, all my teammates, I tell them before the year, like, you know, no matter what, you can always come talk to me. If, you know, now that I've been through a lot and I've had a lot of experience, you know, I like to be kind of, uh, you know, not only a teammate, maybe a mentor, someone they can look to for guidance for sure and, you know, help people out that way. And, you know, just uh, hopefully have a legacy and just people remember me as, you know, what I meant to community, what I meant to loved ones and, you know, things like that rather than, you know, how successful I was or wasn't in, in, you know, my career or my post career, you know, I just would rather have more people value more have value for me than rather than, you know, look at success. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's a great I said answer. That right. I don't know. No, that's a great answer, man. Cause every team has a few of those guys on the team that like you'll keep in contact with for years. And like, if you ever yeah, need right. anything like, Oh, it's 3am. I need somebody to pick me up, call that guy, no matter what will be there. Like, Every team yeah, has exactly. that. That's an awesome – dude, that's, that's, that's a great answer. But at the same time, you know, I'm one of the boys, and, like, if oh, you yeah. ask our teammates, they're probably shaking their head, being like, this, guy's, uh, <laughs> this guy's like the clown. What's he talking about? But I think <laughs> they know uh, at any point in time, you know, 
I'm all ears and you know just like everyone else we're all here to help each other and you know I think that's a great quality that uh many hockey players have awesome man awesome well yipper I really appreciate you hopping on man like this was awesome uh yeah, I wish bro. you best of luck I hope that you can get back on the ice as soon as possible man like yeah, I'm hoping actually, yeah, hopefully the season starts and, you know, hopefully I can start training next week on the ice, so it'll be nice. Is it, now, I think the NHL came out today that it was like July 10th is when everything's going to start. Does the KHL have a certain date or is that just? You know, the KHL said they're starting at normal time, but it's, I don't know, it's, it's tough. It's going to be a tough call. We're kind of day by day and, you know, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, uh, if it gets, you know, if it's late a month, hopefully we, you know, it's late a month on the back end and we can complete a full season, but you know, that's up to guys above my pay grade. <laughs> <laughs> well, Yipper, thanks for coming on, man. If you're ever in Saratoga, we'll hit the links, maybe go to the track. Check out this bar called The Horseshoe. Yeah. If you're not All with right. me after the track, go no, to the bro. I'll, I'll hit you up, and I, I'm dying to go to Saratoga in the track, man. I'm a big gambler. I love it. Hell, yeah. We'll get Joey and Matt out there, too. We'll have, we'll have ourselves a day. All right. Love it. Bro, I right, appreciate bro. having me, man. Thank you so much, man. That was Brandon Yip, guys. Uh, we will talk to you guys next week. There's a trail of smoke coming out of a bottle If you look real close, you can see it right there A little tender bar down a path you have to follow From a treasure map with the edges burnt from a few too many beers We'll pull the ropes off the boat, we'll throw them up on the dock We'll let the stars be our guide, no we don't need no clock Be there. Next time we come back, girl, to the bar at the end of the